Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. On VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. As we are less than 24 hours away from tip-off of the Sweet 16 coming up on Thursday. The action gets underway at 7.09 Eastern time with the 1-4 matchup in the West region. Gonzaga, a 9.5-point favorite over Arkansas. And then at 7.29 Eastern, the 2-11 matchup in the South. Villanova against Michigan, the Wildcats a five-point favorite. The second game of the doubleheader in San Francisco in the West region, the 2-3 matchup, Texas Tech against Duke with the Red Raiders, a point favorite. And then the second game in San Antonio, Houston and Arizona in the 1-5 matchup in the South with the Wildcats as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I've gone back and forth on my selections for these games, and I'm pretty locked in to what I'm going to play. I don't think that I can be talked out of any of my selections, but if there was any person to do it, it would be our college basketball expert, Greg Hoops Peterson, who joins me here on The Look Ahead. And Hoops, let's start with the first game here of the Sweet 16 Arkansas and Gonzaga, the Zags, we saw them start out slowly in both their first and second round games. They're laying a big number here against the Hogs. Can the Zags cover the nine and a half? I think that's gotten up a little bit too lofty. You've got an Arkansas team that I think is going to be able to do a solid job in this game with Jalen Williams. He's six foot ten and very versatile. Ten and a half points, nine and a half boards in a road environment. It shot right around 32% from three. So all these teams that they have a tough time matching up with Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren, yeah, they're still going to have an advantage, but it's not going to be as big against a team like Arkansas that has someone like that. On top of that, J.D. Note out there in the backcourt has been one of the biggest constants in all of college basketball. Arkansas has played in 34 games. He has gotten to at least 10 points in 33 of them, so you know that he is money in the bank. It's an Arkansas team that they generate eight steals per game. And with Gonzaga, one thing that this team does not do is they don't force turnovers. They are outside of the top 275 where the guards are turnovers forced on a per possession basis. So that is going to give Arkansas an advantage. That means that they're going to get more clean possessions in this game. I think that that's going to allow them to cover. And Arkansas, a good defensive team within the top 25, 
turns the points a lot on a per possession basis. Do they have a chance to win outright? I think outright would be asking a little bit much. Mm. I would not be getting frisky and going on the money line, but I certainly do like the nine and a half in this game. I'm going to be writing this up for DK Nation personally, but for everything that I want to say, I do think that this is a little bit too lofty of a number on a Gonzaga team that so only covered one out of their last five games. And what about the total? It's uh, dropped now to 154 and a half. I think that that move is appropriate. I said my total of 152 and a half with Gonzaga. We always look at the flashy offense. We take a look at a team as able to score. I will number one team in all of college basketball in terms of two point shooting percentage. Arkansas does a very good job within the arc though. And it's a Gonzaga team that their defense gets overlooked because their offense is so good. Number five in the country turns points a lot on a per possession basis. So I'm looking under. I like the under as well. Michigan against Villanova. The Wildcats laying five. What did you set your line for this game? I set it at six. I do think that Hunter Dickinson is going to give Villanova some troubles down low, but Jermaine Samuels along with Eric Dixon, these two guys have been overlooked a little bit too much. They're a duo that combined for nearly 12 and a half rebounds per game. Dixon shoots over 50% from three-point range. He combined to be able to give you 20 points per contest. And with Michigan, this defense is the worst among efficiency standards in the Sweet 16 remaining. So that means that Villanova should be able to get inside, should be able to get some good looks. It is a Villanova team that is headlined by a fifth-year senior, Colin Gillespie, who has had each out of the last two NCAA tournaments ripped away from him. Obviously, everyone wound up having one ripped away due to COVID-19, but last year, that late injury wound up hurting him. It led to Villanova having to play without him. I think that he's going to be out for a little bit of revenge in this game as a result. And you do have a Michigan team that they don't get as much out of Caleb Houston when he's away from Ann Arbor. At home, it's been a guy that's shot nearly 40 Five, 46% from three with 11 and a half points per contest. That drops at eight and a half points and shoots worse than 30% from three point range in a road and neutral court environment. So I think that Villanova should be able to get the job done. I like the coaching advantage here with Jay Wright as well, a guy that has won two national championships already. So I'm taking the Wildcats. In a three year span, and one of those was over Michigan in the same city that they're playing this game in now in San Antonio. Texas Tech against Duke and Greg, this seems like it's a pros versus Joes matchup because Texas Tech is favored. You would think that the public money comes in on Duke seeing, hey, we got the Duke Blue Devils as an underdog. Of course, we're going to bet on Duke, but the line's still holding at Texas Tech minus one. Yeah, and you'll notice that the money line, it's only five cents difference. So if you like Texas Tech to be able to win outright, instead of typically in a lot of spots, you'll find it more around like minus 117 when you get a spread of one. It's more around minus 115. So I do think that that's a little bit telling as well. And I do like Texas Tech in this spot. I think that Texas Tech with their defense, which is number one in all of college basketball, turns points a lot on a per possession basis, one away from home, should be able to get it done against a Duke team that they don't force any turnovers. 335th in the country in terms of turnovers force on a per possession basis, one away from home. Got a Texas Tech team that has Bryson Williams, who I really like. He's able to give you 14 points, six foot eight combo player that shoots over 40% from three. I think that he actually matches up very well with Paulo Boncaro. Now, Mark Williams could be the most dominant low post player in this game, but Kevin O'Banner coming off a game which he had 15 points, 15 rebounds. We all know what he wound up doing in the NCAA tournament last year when he was with Oral Roberts. I think that this is a case in which the defense winds up winning out. 
Duke has been allowing in their last six contests. Teams who shoot over 41% from three, they have generated fewer than eight turnovers per game. That should allow Texas Tech offense that sometimes can be a little bit wobbly to be able to get some stability and get the job done. I like Texas Tech, and I like the under. Okay, let's talk about Houston against Arizona, as Arizona is a point-and-a-half favorite. I like Arizona in this spot. I set them as a three-point favorite. I feel like a lot of people are really out on this scene because of what they wound up seeing against ECU. But with Arizona, one thing that has always been there for this team is their offense. 80-plus points in 11 out of their last 12 contests. I think that they wanted to play Stanford twice in that time span as well. Stanford, a team that plays quite slowly. So this has been a bunch that no matter who they've been playing against, they have been able to get their own offense. This is a Houston team that they've got great metrics. Top eight in the country in terms of points scored and points allowed on a per-possession basis. But who's Houston's best win really against? They went one and two this year against Memphis. Sure, they got the job done against Illinois, and that might be their best win to this point. So I do think that that is a little bit telling the just level of competition that Houston has played against this year. And it is a Houston team that, no question, they're going to do a good job on glass. You've got Fabian White coupled with Josh Carlton who combined for 25 points per contest. White is able to shoot about 38.5% from three points. Houston, number one team in the country in terms of the percentage of their misses that they wind up getting an offensive rebound on. But Christian Coloco, he's able to give you two and a half blocks per game. Does a good job down low. He and Azula Sabalas combined for 13 and a half rebounds per game. I think that Arizona, another team in the top 10 in the country in terms of rebound rate, is able to play even up on the glass. And I think that Dallin Terry is one of the most, most overlooked players in college basketball. What he does as a six foot seven combo player, nine points, five boards, few assists, does a very solid job of being sort of a focal point of this Arizona offense, keep things flowing. I think that he and this Arizona team get the job done. Said Arizona is a three point favorite, and I think Arizona's offense keeps humming. I like the over. Yeah, so do I. Uh, so now let's kind of project ahead to the matchups that you think we're going to get in the regional finals here in the West, it would be Gonzaga against Texas Tech. And what would you set that line at in your mind right now? I'd be probably setting that at Gonzaga being about a four-point favorite, depending upon what you wind up seeing. Because if Gonzaga gets by, they get a one-point win and just an absolute sure, slobber knocker. Sure. And then Texas Tech winds winning by like 30. You've got to be making a little bit of an adjustment because, well, that's all relative. But with that said, I do think that I'd be setting it right around four. Texas Tech, keep in mind, they did wind up playing against Gonzaga earlier this year in a mm -hmm. neutral court. Held Gonzaga to fewer than 70 points. TJ Shannon was on the fold, so Texas Tech could not wind up getting any offense going. So I'd be looking right around a four as of right now. And how about a possible matchup between Arizona and Villanova? I'd set Villanova as a very, very, very slight one-point favorite. This is a darn near pick'em game for me, but the reason why I would set Villanova as a... Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> It's like favorite, the experience factor. Having mm-hmm. a guy in Jay Wright that has been able to coach in a couple Final Fours, has been able to win a pair of national titles. Having a fifth-year point guard in Colin Gillespie against an Arizona team that has probably more talent, a little bit more firepower out there in the backcourt, but you still have a Kirk Kreese, a situation that is not necessarily too terrific for this team either. So I would give the very slight edge to Villanova. I think I'd uh, agree with you on that. Greg, appreciate the time and the insight. Good luck with the bets coming up on Thursday, and we'll catch up with you tomorrow night. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Scott. Always a pleasure. There he is. Greg Hoops Peterson, our college basketball expert here at VSIN. Make sure to download Coast to Coast Hoops on vsin.com's slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. Greg breaks down every single line and total for each game on the board. And I he's on my side with three of the games. There's one game that we kind of disagree on. And it's the first game of the day because I think Gonzaga is finally going to show up and roll here over Arkansas. Coming up next, we're joined by our very own Adam Burke, who you read in Point Spread Weekly and on vcn.com. And we'll get his thoughts on the first four Sweet 16 games and what he thinks about the games coming up on Friday as well. This is The Look Ahead here on vcn, the sports betting network. Brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties, and they come in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit zyn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Zadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. We welcome in now 
uh, our very own Adam Burke, who you follow on Twitter at Skating Tripods. You read his work in Point Spread Weekly and on vcin.com. And Adam, have you settled in on your selections for the Sweet 16, or is there still some debating with some of these games? Yeah, I would say I've pretty much settled in on here so far, Scott. I mean, look, there's eight games, and all the lines are pretty tight, both side and total. So there's not a ton of betting value to be had. If you're playing all eight of these games, you're probably doing something wrong, unless, hmm. of course, you're betting uh, relatively small amounts because these are very, very tight numbers. And, you know, we got a lot of good games coming up on Thursday, and then some interesting games coming up on Friday where I feel like there's probably a little bit more betting value for Friday than there is on Thursday. Yeah, let's start with the games on Thursday. Arkansas-Gonzaga, it's uh, nine and a half. It's the second biggest number on the board of these Sweet 16 games. We've seen Gonzaga start out slowly, Adam, in their games against Georgia State and Memphis, but they were able to come on strong in the second half, specifically that 24-1 to run that we saw in the first round. So does Arkansas keep this close? Do you think that there's a play in the first half just based on what you've seen from Gonzaga so far in this tournament? And ultimately, does Gonzaga cover the 9.5 number? Yeah, so far here, I agree with this line move going up from eight and a half to nine and a half. I do think Gonzaga covers the spread in this game, and I do know it's a big number. And obviously, Gonzaga did struggle in the first half against Georgia State and had plenty of problems with Memphis as well. I think you could potentially talk yourself into Arkansas in the first half, keeping this thing close. Gonzaga getting off to a couple of relatively slow starts here. Look, when you watch that game on Saturday night, Memphis would have beaten just about any team in this tournament, and they weren't able to beat Gonzaga. They played really, really well. They showcased why they were a top 20 team most of the year. And look, I give Gonzaga full marks for finding a way to come through and win that game where Chet Holmgren wasn't exactly great. The other guys kind of had to step up a little bit. Look, Arkansas is just not a good shooting team. I mean, they're 240th in effective field goal percentage offense. Gonzaga leads the nation in effective field goal percentage defense. I know that the Razorbacks have a good defense, but... Look, we've seen the SEC kind of struggle in this tournament. Gonzaga is an elite team from an efficiency standpoint. I think ultimately Gonzaga is just too much. I don't think Arkansas can score enough to keep pace. And as we've seen through two games in this tournament, Gonzaga will push the tempo, will try to extend that lead. And I think they do it here in this game. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of with you on that. I think that the ability to go on long runs, which is something that Gonzaga does better than anybody in the nation, um, I do think that that's going to be the reason why they wind up covering this number. Michigan and Villanova, the Wildcats are a five-point favorite. What do you like in this one? You know, I think this is a tough one. I mean, I think it's really hard to lay the number with Villanova here simply because they play at such a very slow tempo. You know, it doesn't really allow you the opportunity to, to really grow a lead, especially against a Michigan team that is very talented, underwhelmed throughout the season. They're kind of playing now like the team that we sort of expected them to be, where Hunter Dickinson was a little bit banged up throughout the regular season. You know, Juwan Howard kind of had his ups and downs as well. As much as it pains me as an Ohio State fan, the only way I could go in this game is Michigan plus mm. the five. But I'm also worried about the fact that you know Villanova is just such a strong team. They're such a well-coached team. Jay Wright does have a significant coaching advantage in this game as far as I'm concerned. So lean Michigan, kind of lean under a little bit as well, but I don't think I'll have anything on this game pre-flop. The thing that it makes me, and, and I'm on Villanova, I have Villanova as my national champion, so I got Villanova winning this game, and uh, I, their free throw shooting ability, Adam, first of all, it's not just the best this season, it's the best all time, and this could be a one-point game 
in the final 15 seconds where Michigan misses the shot and fouls. Nova's going to make both free throws. Then Michigan misses a three and fouls. Nova makes both free throws. And all of a sudden, they win the game by six or seven when it was a one-point game with 15 seconds left. That's the fear if I think you're going to take uh, Michigan. I Honestly, if I was on Michigan, I'd rather have them on the money line than, uh, than with the points because I think if Nova wins, they're going to cover this game. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of a lot of sense. Excuse me, Scott. And also, too, you know, you think about it in terms of what this game looks like at halftime. You know, if Michigan has a lead and you can get Villanova at a little bit shorter of a price where they do have you know such a significant advantage at the free throw line, then maybe that's something you want to look at from a second half standpoint or something. So, you know, I think it's something you can consider pre-flop for me. Maybe it's something I'll consider for the second half since mm. I don't have the strongest of opinions on this game. But that's a really good point you brought up there, Scott. Texas Tech and Duke, uh, I've been saying it all week. (laughs) It's a classic pros versus Joes matchup. I think the audience is getting tired of me using that analogy. But it really is. Because you know the public sees Duke as an underdog and is going to hammer Duke, yet the spread has stayed with Texas Tech as the short favorite, meaning that the Sharps are clearly on Texas Tech and they are the right side of this game. Are you on Texas Tech, or does your heartstrings tug at you to bet Coach K and the Duke Blue Devils? What are you on in this game? How do you think it plays out? I have no interest in taking Duke in this game, Scott. (laughs) I think Texas Tech has to be the side that you take here. I mean, look, they're they're number one in the country in in defensive efficiency, and Duke is a team that, you know, they're a jump-shooting team. I don't really like that against Texas Tech. It's hard enough to get inside on Texas Tech let alone get open looks. And I don't think that Duke's going to have a lot of open looks in this game, but also too, you you get Texas tech and they've actually played much better offensively in this tournament than I expected them to. And maybe that's just kind of an indication of the big 12 and, you know, the relative strength of the big 12 compared to other conferences, but Texas tech looks legitimately like a team that could keep this thing going here. And it's because they've picked up the offense to kind of be in line with the defense. And, you know, Duke's perimeter defense is pathetic. It's very, very bad. They give up a ton of open looks. As long as Texas Tech doesn't have an awful shooting performance, I do think they win this game, and I think they take care of Coach K's career. I agree there. Houston and Arizona, the Wildcats are a point-and-a-half favorite. Uh, something just it, it tells me, like, it's I'm waiting for Houston to, to, to kind of realize that, hey, we've been playing without our two best players, and it's about to show. Uh, because they have really defied the odds and have extended this uh, this run here this season. You know, I this is actually the toughest game of the eight for me, and I did have Arizona as my national champion when I filled out brackets. I've been very impressed with the Wildcats all year long, but there have been some things in this tournament that I have not been a huge fan of, and look, maybe Krista is healthier now going into this game, but he looked awful last weekend, sure. and for whatever reason, Tommy Lloyd just kept throwing him out there and had him out there in very, very key situations, particularly in that game against TCU. And I have no idea why. I don't know with the depth of that team, why he would have such a handicapped player out there increase. And again, maybe he's better by Thursday. And that's something that I'm going to need to see here in this game tomorrow night. But look, Houston is, is a very underseated number five. We all said that coming into the tournament. They're a warrior kind of team on both ends of the floor. They're very, very physical. They're one of the few teams that can really match up with Arizona down low with a big guy like Christian Coloco at 7-1. There aren't a lot of teams that can handle a player like that. 
I think Houston can. I think Houston is extremely well coached. Ultimately, I think Arizona wins. I think Arizona is just the better team, the deeper team, the team with the higher ceiling. But I will not have any money on this game, Scott. I think it's a very, very tough game to handicap. Projecting forward, uh, let's say Gonzaga wins and they have to face off against Texas Tech. Uh, Would you like the Zags or the Red Raiders there? Yeah, I would like Gonzaga in that one, I think. I mean, again, you know, Texas Tech, obviously great team from a defensive efficiency standpoint, but you don't see a lot of offenses like Gonzaga where everybody can score, everybody can spread the floor, everybody can kind of do, you know, sort of what they want out on the perimeter to get open looks or get somebody open. I think it'd be a really challenging matchup for Texas Tech's defense. And maybe they're up to the challenge, but I just feel like that's that's the kind of game where Gonzaga has to win. You know, I mean, just based on the, the powerhouse that they've been for so long, that's just a matchup they have to find a way to win, and I think they would. Yeah, it would be such a disappointment for them if they would lose that game, especially because they'll probably be like a five-and-a-half-point favorite in that game if I was making that line right now, Adam. So, uh, look, I am kind of going with the mentality that it's going to be a very chalky Thursday, but the dogs will be barking on Friday. I'm curious to see if you agree with me with that sentiment. So hold on through the break. We'll get to the Friday games in the Sweet 16 coming up next. He is Adam Burke. You read his work in Point Spread Weekly and up on vcin.com. Follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S. O-N-A-I-R. We'll get into the Friday matchups in the Sweet 16 coming up next. See if Adam agrees with my dogs barking as we head into the weekend. This is The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup, like the Breakfast Baconator, Croissant Combos, and Hot or Cold Coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, rejoined by our very own sports betting analyst. He is Adam Burke. You read his work on vcin.com and in Point Spread Weekly, as well as follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. And Adam, let's go to Friday. I said I like the chalk on Thursday, but the dogs barking on Friday. Let's start with game one. I'm going to take the points with St. Peter's, the little engine that could from Jersey City, New Jersey. I love the way that Shaheen Holloway has his team composed. I think they believe that they can be in the game with Purdue, and I know everyone wants to talk about Purdue's size, but I do think that this could be a game where it's never in doubt, but it's also never a blowout, if that makes sense. Like, Purdue rides a 6-8-9 to eight to nine point lead the entire game, never stretches it to 20, and you're worried about a St. Peter's comeback, and it also never gets down to, like, one or two where you're worried that St. Peter's can take the lead. And ultimately, I think that they probably win by 10 or so. 
Yeah, I think it's a pretty fair handicap there from you, Scott. I, look, there's a lot of stuff. There are a lot of reasons here, I should say, to like St. Peter's. I mean, first of all, Matt Painter has not been a good head coach in the NCAA tournament at all whatsoever. So St. Peter's should have a coaching advantage here with Shaheen Holloway, especially based on what we've seen in the first two games of the tournament here for the Peacocks. The second thing is the really there are two really big issues with St. Peter's. The first is they turn the ball over a ton. The second is they can't make two pointers. Well, Purdue is one of the worst teams in the country in terms of forcing turnovers. Mm -hmm. And also St. Peter's has gotten better, at least a little bit offensively in making twos in making threes and all of that. They're going to have the basketball and have looks at the rim in this game because Purdue is not going to take the ball away from them. So that should allow St. Peter's to keep it close. When you talk about double digit spreads, you really want a team that's going to force turnovers, get extra possessions out of it. And Purdue will probably do that on the glass, particularly on offense in this game. But I don't know if they get enough of those extra possessions and second chance looks to cover such a big number here. So it'd be St. Peter's or nothing for me in this one. And I tend to agree with you. Purdue's probably up six or eight throughout the game, something like that. But I don't think that they get close to covering in this one. Yep, that's the side I'm going on. And Shaheen Holloway, uh, before he takes that Seton Hall job, will have uh, one more to hang his hat on here in a performance against Purdue. Providence and Kansas. Uh, dude, I don't know what to say. I, it's like I've bet against Providence, and er, everyone wants to talk about the luck factor and all that. They're the luckiest team in the country. They win all these close games. But something about that actually makes me want to be on Providence, if that makes sense, Adam. It's kind of like uh, Bane being born in the darkness, so, like, he thrives in the darkness, you know? Like, the fact that they've played these close games, they're okay being in a close game. They're not going to panic. They're going to be composed because they've been there all season long. So I think I'm going to take the points here with the Friars. I like Kansas in this game. I, I think that, you know, when you look at the Jayhawks here, I mean, look, they're so good on offense and defense. They're such a very, a much more talented team than Providence. I agree. And, and Providence in this tournament, look, they played a South Dakota state team that everybody loved, mm -hmm. but South Dakota state came from a conference that plays zero defense and they had to shoot the three. Well, in order to have success in this tournament, they didn't do that in that game against uh, Providence in the first round. Then they played Richmond, a Richmond team that, was largely just gassed by the time they got to this point. Also, Richmond was one of 22 from three in that game against Providence, which is how it wound up being a blowout. Kansas, look, by all rights, they should have blown out Creighton, but Creighton was 12 of 28 from three, a Creighton team that was in the bottom 50 most of the year in three-point percentage. That's the only reason that game was close. I think Kansas is just far, far superior to Providence. Providence really hasn't even played many top 40 teams throughout the course of this season outside of Villanova, who they did play close twice, but did lose both of those games. I think Kansas is just too much for Providence in this game. It's a big number, and I know the Friars play a lot of close games, but I think it's a reality check here for Ed Cooley's team. So that was my initial handicap, but then again, I've bet against Providence so many times this year, and I think I don't think I've won a single game. Now it's going to be the time where I bet on Providence, and they won't cover for me. So that's usually how these things go, right, Adam? You know, you bet against the team, and then they sting you, and then you bet on them, and they continue to sting you. Uh, North Carolina, UCLA, I, I, I love the Bruins in this matchup. I really do. I, I'm... Part of me says, you know, hey, you should be worried about North Carolina. But then the other part of me says, this is a UCLA team that as long as Hawkins is, is good to play, uh, they have kind of 
change the way that they have played, playing more so through him rather than Johnny Juzang. All these kids came back for a mission, that mission to get back to the Final Four. And I think seeing the potential, Adam, of getting a rematch with Gonzaga in that Final Four is just adding fuel to this fire for Mick Cronin and these players. I think UCLA beats North Carolina here in covers. I can't argue with anything you said, Scott. I think UCLA wins this game. They should be more than a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. There's some significant recency bias into this line because if this game was played prior to the NCAA tournament or let's say it was a first round game or something like that this number is probably at least five five and a half maybe even six this line is cheap because you had North Carolina play so well against Marquette where they just jumped out and dominated the Golden Eagles and then picked up that win over Baylor where they had a big lead blew it came back won the game in overtime but Baylor was a weak number one They were not the same team that started the year 15-0 and and had some really good non-conference victories. This is just a situation to me where I think you get regression of the mean for North Carolina. You've got a a team with a lot more experience in UCLA, a much more experienced coach in Mick Cronin. And North Carolina has been bad at defending the three all year long. But teams in the tournament are only 17 of 68 against the Tar Heels from three. First of all, they've had to take 68 threes. UCLA will get inside, will get better looks than that against this Tar Heels defense. And then second, look, I mean, North Carolina was a borderline top 40 team throughout most of the year. Now, all of a sudden, they win a couple of games, and they're this top 20 team that's a you know supposed to be in a one-possession game with UCLA. I don't see it. The Bruins had a really, really good offensive performance, almost 1.3 points per possession against a very, very good St. Mary's defense. I think UCLA is legit. I think they put that game against Akron behind them. UCLA wins and covers this game. I think the only thing I worry about is UCLA coming cross country to Philadelphia, but that's about it. Yeah, uh, don't that shouldn't be a big deal. You know, they, they've been through this situation. They've been through the ringer before last year, going from Dayton all the way to the final four. Uh, final game of the Sweet 16, Iowa State against Miami. I don't know what to think about this matchup, Adam. I'll be honest with you. I, I just feel like everybody loves Miami and their athleticism and their ability to take away the basketball as the reason why they're on the Hurricanes. Yeah, I like Miami in this game. I agree with the line move out to two and a half here and a couple of different reasons. I mean, first of all, you know, Iowa State's won their two games 59-54 and 54-49 in this <laughs> tournament. And opponents are six of 41 from three. They played LSU, who fired their coach right before the tournament. And they played a Wisconsin team that was badly overseeded, who had its worst offensive performance of the season in that game against Iowa State. So you get Miami here. Yeah, they're only four of 29 from three in the tournament, but they're shooting basically 55, 56% on twos. And also, too, something for Miami here in their two games in the NCAA tournament, they are plus 24 in turnover margin. They take outstanding care of the basketball and they force a lot of turnovers. Now, Iowa State forces a lot of turnovers too, but I think Miami takes better care of the basketball in this game. The Cyclones do not. They're 295th in the country in turnover percentage on offense. So I think Miami gets some extra possessions here. Iowa State is a very, very bad offensive team. I think the line move is right in this game, Scott. I do like the Hurricanes here, minus the two and a half. Projecting ahead, a potential Purdue-UCLA matchup in the regional final. What do you like there? UCLA. I mean, I I had UCLA go to the final four out of that region, and and I think Purdue is another good matchup for them, where Purdue is a good offensive team, a bad defensive team. UCLA is good on both ends of the floor. 
I think that's a game that would set up really, really well for UCLA. And again, a massive coaching advantage with Mick Cronin against Matt Painter. My In my bracket, my championship is Villanova over UCLA. Right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet the exact outcome. Villanova over UCLA or UCLA over Villanova, 60 to 1, both of those bets. You joining me, Adam? I don't know, but I think you need to make a little drive down to Arizona and check, <laughs> check that one out. Uh, obviously, you know, we can't bet with DraftKings yeah. here being DraftKings employees, but, you know, I think it speaks to the importance of, of looking around at these different markets and, and finding opportunities to place some good wagers because, as I said, I think the lines for these eight games are, are pretty tight here despite some of the cases I made for them. Adam, appreciate the time and the insight. Good luck in your bets. Enjoy the games tomorrow. Absolutely, Scott. Have a good one. He is Adam Burke, our betting analyst here at VSIN. You read his stuff in Point Spread Weekly, available now, and of course on vsin.com. Follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm pretty locked into what I'm going to be on for this Sweet 16. As I mentioned before, I'm thinking it's going to be chalk on Thursday, dogs on Friday. So the one, there's a couple games I am torn on, but I think Thursday I'm not. Thursday, it's Gonzaga. I'll lay the nine and a half. Villanova, I'll lay the five, or, you know, I could take Villanova money line, but I think Gonzaga wins and covers. I think Nova wins and covers. I think Tech wins and covers, and Arizona wins and covers. I think the favorites go 4 0, both straight up and. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my game. (laughs) ATS on Thursday. On Friday, it's a different story. Because I'm taking the points with St. Peter's, and I'm... The Providence-Kansas game is the one that I'm torn on. As much as I've been anti-Providence this season, I can't deny what they've done. And I feel like they have been in so many close games that they're comfortable playing in a tight game here. And Ed Cooley's done a great job of coaching this team through that those, clo- those tight, close games. And everyone disrespected them in the first two rounds. Just the odds of those games were disrespectful to this team. And I think they take it personally. And so there's, I might take the points here. I think I'm, I am going to take the points at 7.5 with Providence. UCLA, I'm absolutely on. I think they cover. And the Miami-Iowa State game is the one that I really don't know. I'm going to be uh, – I'm leaning towards Miami – but I don't have a feel or a pick for that game. My my best plays, if I was just going to stay away from you know the Providence-Kansas one, would be UCLA minus the 2.5. It's St. Peter's plus the 12.5. And, and then, you know, I'd lean towards all the favorites on Thursday. Maybe stay away from the, uh, the coin flip games of Arizona-Houston and Duke-Texas Tech and just go with Gonzaga minus the 9.5 and, and Villanova minus the 5. As the top four plays for me here in this Sweet 16. Speaking of the Sweet 16, the legend himself, Brent Musburger, was a guest of our very own Stormy Juan and Tony on My Guys in the Desert earlier, where he talked about his plays for the Sweet 16 and an interesting way of how he's going to play these games. What's your Musburger moneymaker for the Sweet 16? All right. For the Sweet 16, Villanova, I wouldn't want to give the five. Give the 215. Uh, Duke, a minus 103. Okay. On your money line, a Miami, minus 145. If you're round robin, uh, those three. And the reason why a round robin, you've got four bets when you're round robin three, just so everybody understands. Okay. If you go one and three, you still get a few shekels back. You know what I'm there saying? You okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I know also, though, as we were looking over some of these spreads, you were intrigued by some of the dogs with oh, regards oh, that's to the, the other bet. half. First half. Always look for underdogs in the NCAA tournament in the first half. For example, Arkansas is catching five. That's a nine-point line against Gonzaga. But they're catching five in the first half. That's a go-all-in. Okay? Jump it. Providence catching four from the Kansas Jayhawks first half on a seven-point line. That's another one. Go in. I love the dogs. And and that stood, too, on the first and second round. Mm -hmm. Pick your dogs. 
on that first round. For example, when St. Peter's upset Murray State, they never trailed in that game. Right. Gonzaga was down big time, okay, by 10 points at the end of the first half. Always look for dogs in the first half when you're betting March Madness. We've seen a lot of struggles in the first half, particularly from Gonzaga, which definitely intrigues me with yeah. Arkansas oh. plus the points you there. Know, Timmy, Timmy's performance in the first five minutes of the second half saved them. <laughs> Incredible. Okay. They were headed out the door. No doubt. Okay, wow. What a, what a great performance. Your winner for it all? Well, I have the Zags. That's about the only thing I have left oh, yeah. in my bracket. I, I have to cover my bracket. How's your bracket started? Uh, very Owen uh, Stormy there with Brent Musburger. And he brings up an interesting uh, point about the fire, the round robins, um, especially, excuse me, if you're going to throw in some really some underdog money lines. I think a round robin's a great way to attack it. Uh, like, let's say you like Michigan to beat Villanova or, um, you know, Providence to beat Kansas, things like that. Then, you know, instead of parlaying it all, you do a round robin, a three-leg round robin, though, if you're doing a bunch of different two-team parlays. So it's kind of interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting approach there. Uh, you don't necessarily have to go 3-0. and If you go, you know, 2-1 and with the three selections, you can still make yourself some money there. So he's got, he likes um, Villanova money line. He likes Duke money line and Miami money line. Uh, Brent, I think you're going to go two and one. <laughs> I think Villanova and Miami do win. The Duke-Texas Tech game is the one that really does uh, concern me because I feel like Texas Tech is the sharp side and Duke could be the storyline and everyone could be rooting for Coach K in this farewell tour to extend this run. And maybe Duke does come out here and plays their best game of the tournament so far. But this is a Duke team that should have should have, you know, blown out Michigan State, yet was in a battle, wound up covering late, but was in a battle. They should have blown out Fullerton in the first round. They didn't cover in that game. I know it was a heavy line, but they should have at least won by, they should have been a 20 to 30 point game. Duke in this game, I'm so torn because, Again, I think Texas Tech is the sharp side. I do think the public's going to be on Duke. But the line staying at Texas Tech as the favorite, it just makes me feel like that's the right side to be on here, is Texas Tech. As far as the underdogs in the first half, I like the philosophy. We've seen Gonzaga struggle in the first halves of both of their games. In the first round against Georgia State, Gonzaga had a two-point lead. And against Memphis in the second round, as Brent said, they were down 10. So Gonzaga is 0-2 against the spread in the first halves of this tournament. Arkansas might be able to hang with them in the first half. And maybe that's the play here in this game. But Gonzaga's ability to go on runs, and they are the best team in the country in going on 10-0 scoring runs or greater. That's why I believe they cover this game. And also, when you also consider the struggles in the first half of both of their first-round games, 
it also leads me to believe that Gonzaga covers this game. That Mark Few has them playing their best game of the tournament here in this game against Arkansas. I don't think this is the game to fade Gonzaga. Maybe the next game. Maybe if it's Gonzaga-Texas Tech or Gonzaga-Duke in the regional final, that could be the game to fade Gonzaga. Or if they make it to the final four and it's a rematch against UCLA, that could be the spot to fade them. But I think this game comes down to Gonzaga saying, hey, we did what we had to do to get to the Sweet 16. And we struggled in the first half, and it was a fight in both of those games. Having to come from 10 points down to win the game and survive and advance, yeah. Pretty much what they did, survive and advance. This is the game where I think they go wire to wire. I think that they absolutely just explode on Arkansas and win this game by double digits easily. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. The dogs were barking in the NBA on Wednesday. If you did a, you want to talk about round robins, if you did a money line round robin with some of the underdogs, you absolutely came out profitable. We'll talk about which dogs were able to win outright here on Wednesday and how the outcomes of these games have affected the standings and also what you can lean on moving forward. We'll take a look at the Thursday schedule as well and see what's coming up there in the NBA. Once again, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Get into the association coming up next, right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The rules are... Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 